I think actors need to get rid of two words out of their vocabulary, just and only. Yes. Like, you know what I mean? And those Preach. things are, I am just <laughs> a co-star or I only have a few lines. You right. have worked so incredibly hard and then you have the audacity to sit there and downplay it. Part inspiration, part education, the whole artist with Courtney Rue. Be your best you. Welcome to The Whole Artist with Courtney Rue. Conversations with artists about acting, purpose, and the journey to finding wholeness. And today I'm talking with Tuan Johnson. He's a consistently working actor, certified life coach, and founder of Think Bigger Coaching. Currently, you can catch him recurring as Detective Rondell Pierce on Amazon's hit show Bosch, which was recently renewed for its seventh season. Dwan's credits include his ABC-backed Emmy campaigned performance on Grey's Anatomy and his lead role in the Emmy-nominated YouTube series The New 30. Credits also include Suits, Agent Carter, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, Days of Our Lives, General Hospital, Private Practice, 24, and Bones. And he's now on a mission to help actors up-level their career with confidence. Duan's mindset strategies are grounded in real-life experience as a veteran working actor. He's helped hundreds of others break through personal blocks and integrate best audition practices so they can book more work and quickly move up to the next level. To learn more about Duan, head over to thinkbiggercoaching.com. And if you want to check out his self-tape program that he's got going on right now, head over to selftapesthatbook.com. I knew I wanted to have Duan on the podcast when he interviewed me this summer for the Think Bigger Summit. I really enjoyed being interviewed by him. We have so much in common. His recurring role as an officer started off as an unnamed co-star like me. He's a coach like me. And in fact, he says I inspired him to become a coach, which is just amazing. One of the questions I often ask my coaching clients is, are you willing to see this differently? I think one of Duan's superpowers is that he effortlessly sees things differently. You know, it seems like it comes easily to him. You'll see, Duan catches me at the beginning of this interview and asks me to see something differently, too. Let's just jump in, shall we? Grab a notebook and a pen, take some notes if you can if you're not driving. If you are driving, just play it on repeat a couple times. Really get those nuggets of wisdom. Here we go. Duan Johnson! Hi! How are you doing, Courtney? Good, or like I like you? to say, Rue! What's up, yes. Rue? <laughs> I love it. I love when people call me Rue, so mm -hmm. I'm all for it. Please do. Love it. <laughs> How you doing this morning? You know, it is a sunny morning in California where we are remote learning. So at any moment, sorry, everybody out there that's listening or watching this, there might be a kid that pops in. <laughs> that's totally fine. We totally understand that. I just want to start and say that your energy is infectious and your mindset is something to strive for. And I'm just so happy that you're here and that I can share you with anybody who maybe doesn't know you or who knows you and loves you and wants to hear more from you. So thanks for being here. Oh, thanks for having me. And I just want to make sure that everybody knows that you played a, a nice instrumental part in the beginning of me getting started as a coach. And, you know, when I was like, what is a live coach? How do you, where do you go? And I emailed and you're like, you, you laid it out. And, and, I, and I appreciate that because, it, you know, it, it was a quick email, but it was pivotal. Thank you. I, I appreciate that. And I'm glad that I was able to do that. And I think that we need more people like you in this industry who reach out a hand and help people up and 
you don't think about the competition or is this person going to go farther than me because I helped them? And it's a hard business and we need more people who inspire and who just spread love and joy. And you're one of those people and I'm glad for it. Can I just say that I don't believe it's a hard business? (laughs) Yes, please. Oh my gosh, please do. One, I don't believe in competition. So I think that they're going to want what the ones like, you know, serving up, they're going to want what Courtney and what we do is so beautiful because we're all after the same goal. Right. And we all want to send the elevator back down to our actors or send the elevator back down to our tribes. And our tribes are in the best possible way, incestuous. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And so I, I don't think it's so hard. I think we're just trying to find our little corner of it. And if we can find somebody else that can do what we're doing and send somebody that way, I'm all for it. I'm all for it. I love that. And I love that you are not about the group thinking. Can you talk a little bit about group thinking? And as your shirt says, skip the line. Can you explain that? Skip the line. Uh, yeah, I will. That's I appreciate that. You know, one of the big things I wanted to work with on with actors are helping them skip the proverbial line, right? And what that means for me is there's so much group actor think out there. And it all started when I was thinking about when I was on set and I was thinking that the way I've been told to do things was one of two ways. One, I have to come out to LA and I have to be a server. That's the best job that we can, we can do in New York, LA, Chicago, Atlanta. Like it's like, you gotta become a, a waiter or a bartender. And then you're gonna, like, I just, I followed right into that, that group actor thing. And the second thing was that I had to believe there was an order of progression. You have to do an under five. You gotta do a co-star. You gotta do a one day guest. Recur- like I believe like I had to pay my dues. This is what everybody's told in the industry. You have to pay your dues. And then I just started to believe, why do I believe that? I don't believe that. And as soon as I got out of that group actor thing, I started to really jump, right? And I, can't, and I started to really go in these different places and do more, achieve more. And so, you know, when I started Think Bigger Coaching, I wanted to help actors skip that line. You know, that's the whole thing, skip the line, is because we don't have to do it that way. You can really start, everybody out there listening to this, in whatever region you are in, you can start by skipping that line and going straight to a recurring guest. Or you can be one of those people who are are series regular with no credits, right? That happens. And you got to think, why not me? Why does that have to be that other person, you know? I'm really big on getting the F out of group actor thing because we take on other people's words and we don't realize when we take on other people's words, what we're doing indirectly is we're taking on their beliefs as well. And I'm just not here for that. Absolutely. And I think whether that's about skipping the line and knowing that you don't need this credit and this credit, or it's like starving artists, you don't need to be a starving artist. You can make money. Like you talk about how your parents are like, no, you you shouldn't be an actor because you can't pay your bills with acting. And it's like, both of us are paying our bills with acting. Yes. Right. And I get it. I think we can both understand that we sympathize empathize mm-hmm. both right we get yes. it we understand why you would do that but we're also here to tell you that there's another way there's another way you know <laughs> yeah really really is absolutely and i think it's great that you number one have that mindset and number two help people get that mindset or reframe their mindset to believe that kind of thing i love that you caught me it's a hard business right it doesn't have to be a hard business it doesn't it's all in the way you look at it and it's about reframing that mindset so thank you for catching me 
coach. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to catch me, but that's what we do for each other, right? We get to mirror that. And I just, I just, I have become very careful about the words that I am prophesizing about my future. Yes. Right. Yeah. And that is out because what happens, it goes right out my mouth, right into my ear. I start believing it and then I start feeling it. And then all of a sudden, here we are three years later and I'm still here in the same place because I've built roots and the belief that this is so hard. I want to understand like, yes, we have challenging days. Like last week for me, last the last week for me has been incredibly hard. I got told no on three big projects and I just, I laid in bed. I allowed myself to lay in bed, but it doesn't mean it took me out of the game. It just understood that I got to, here's how I'm going to recharge. Here's how I'm going to just take care of myself because of the perceived no. Great. Now we get to go back into it. <laughs> so allow yourself to feel the feelings as long as you need to feel the feelings and then move on and don't make it pervasive and about the business as a whole or you as an actor. It's like, yep, this is just part of it. We have challenging times. I'm going to feel sorry for myself for a hot second. I'm going to move on. <laughs> it's like, it's like eating the ice cream, right? It's like going to the fridge and we get to eat the ice cream. It's like, cool, I'm going to eat this. I know it's not the best thing for me, but I'm going to take this time and I'm going to do it. And then I'm going to get back in the game. I'm going to yeah. get back focused. And I think if we can find the gift and everything, you know, if we can really, really find it. And I'm, and I'm not sitting here telling you I'm, I'm actualized. I'm not sitting here telling you I have mastered this. I'm sitting here telling you like, this is the commitment that I am trying to make over my life. The understanding that I'm going to fall, but I have a commitment. Duan, you're committed to listening to that voice. You're committed to getting back into the game. You're committed to getting back still and meditating, right? Yeah, and so yeah. that's, that's what I mean. So don't anybody blow up my DMs and be like, <laughs> I'm just, I saw I'm, you do yeah. it. You're not. You were crying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I hate when people are like, why don't you take your own advice? <laughs> Well, yeah, I should, but it's easier to see it in other people sometimes than it is to see it in yourself. Yeah. And you have a word of the year and this year your word is ease, right? Yeah. You picked this word before the pandemic hit. Yes. Did you pick it <laughs> yes. at the beginning of the year? <laughs> yeah. So, you know, back in when I, when I, when I got certified to be a coach, my my mentor coach for the program I was in talked about resolutions. And, you know, I was like, I'm going to do them. And she was like, I don't do them. And I was like, why? And she was like, I just pick a word of the year and it's my focus, it's my North Star for the year. And I was like, huh, this is so interesting because Courtney, I never completed my New Year's resolutions by February. <laughs> so I was like, I was ready to go. But and so I was like, let me try this word of the year. And I gave it a try. So about six years now, I gave it a try. And I think my first word was up level. And it just became any questions, any decisions, any just whatever for that year, I filtered it through. How can I up level? What's my up level here? And it's just my word that like really resonated with me for that year. And it's the year I started my own coaching business. Yeah, it's a year I, yeah. And I was like, should, you know, when I was trying to figure out, should I break off and do this? Or what should I do? And I did it through that word. And so I pick them in December, end of December. And I do a whole process. It's a five-day process. And I came up with ease last year because I was coming off of a year. This is a lot of information, everybody. Sorry That's about okay. That. We love it. Speaking of it, I was coming off of a year where I, I, I felt broken. <laughs> I lost my Emmy campaign. Um, I, you know, I just, just, just a lot of things were happening at that point. Yeah. And I wanted a year where 
I could, I could feel myself just like breathe. I just needed to breathe, you know, a little bit more. And ease came to me after that five day process. And um, <laughs> it's before we knew the pandemic was. <laughs> right. Yeah. And so did that shift, did the meaning of it shift from December when you decided to when the pandemic hit, you know, you could have been like, well, the year's no longer easy or about ease or whatever. Like, did that shift at all? Or was it like, oh, this is perfect. This is part of the plan. The pandemic is telling us to take it easy, slow down, breathe. I think B, right? I think the, again, North Star, your words are there, right? And it's so, it's a little bit more, how can I remember that? How can I filter that? How can I go back to ease? And there's been so many times throughout this year, during this pandemic, during this lockdown, where I have referred back to it. And I wear it on my neck. So mm-hmm. it's, it's always there. And, you know, I have it in different places as well when I'm doing my programs, I'm like, okay, this is becoming too hard. How can we make this easy? How can we do this with ease? It just gives me something to anchor, a back to an anchor. And I think this year for me has been, I wanted to focus on my coaching business and I just make, do that with ease instead of like, oh gosh, but I'm not focusing on my acting as well. It's okay. It's all okay. So it just gives you that anchor for me. Speaking of your Emmy campaign, (laughs) you, (laughs) I watched the two episodes you were on of Grey's Anatomy that you were up for that Emmy and just a beautiful, beautiful recurring character and a beautiful storyline. And then I watched the pilot episode of Bosch where you were co-star, right? So you had this guest star recurring and then you had this co-star and Scott, actually, my husband was in the room watching um, Bosch with me and he turned to me and he goes, he's good. (laughs) <laughs> and I was like, I know, <laughs> I know he's good. Oh, and I want you to talk about your difference in prepping for co-star versus guest star versus series regular on a pilot versus whatever. Like, I love your philosophy. So let's talk about that. And then we can, because of that philosophy, talk about your Emmy afterwards. Uh, first of all, thank you, Scott. Hi, Scott. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's good. I appreciate it. <laughs> I receive that. Yes. You know, I think the thing about, again, we get into group actor think, and you know, I get asked a question a lot. What's the difference between when you're prepping for a co-star audition to a guest star to a recurring a series regular, all that stuff? And I don't really think that there is a difference, right? I'm not going to do anything drastically different. I'm going to be putting my same character work in it. I'm going to be trying to understand the device of this character in the show. I want to break down the grammar, the punctuation, all that stuff. I'm going to be doing it if it's five lines or if it's 10 lines, or if it's like, I'm going to have three different scenes. It's going to all be the same amount of work. And I think we get into our minds thinking that this character's less than, right? right? Like this is less than because of whatever. And that's what shoots us in the foot. That's what shoots us in the foot. So when I auditioned for and booked Bosch on the pilot seven seasons ago, can you believe it's oh been seven God, seasons? Oh my God, I can't. Wow, seven years ago. Um, I think it's been eight actually because we had a year off. Uh, then it got picked up. So when I auditioned for that, that was a one-day co-star. That's all it was. And it was uh, a uniform officer number one. And the story's out there that I, I asked for a name, which is really great. And they gave me a name. And I always thought they were fucking with me. Sorry about that. <laughs> curse words. Oh, curse, <laughs> because, curse. <laughs> because they came back with a name like um, Officer Rondell Pierce. And I never <laughs> met anybody named Rondell. Sorry for all the Rondells out there. I was like, oh, now they're just messing with me. But they weren't. And, you know, I went on that set as that co-star, as that one day. That's all it was. We didn't know if the pilot was going to go. 
We didn't know anything about it, Courtney. And I went on that set having really thought out this character, really understood my relationship to Bosch, really understood like, where do I, all of that stuff went into that one day co-star, one scene. And it wasn't about, let's be clear, it's not about stealing the scene, right? It's not about me going in there and trying to be more than, doing more than, it's me living a full life in this character and getting in and getting out. I still got in and got out. Like, it's like, I still understand that it's a utility actor. Here I am, I'm in and out, but I still had a full life. I think about that when I watch TV and I'm like dissecting it and I'm like, listen, this co-star who is, who is at a higher level in the life of the characters, right? Like this is the boss of someone or this is the teacher of someone, right? I don't look at that part and say, that's a co-star, they're less important. When I'm watching, as I do, if I'm like thinking, oh, well, I'm just playing a co-star. Why do we do right? that? Like we do that as <laughs> actors, but like nobody watching the show is like, that character is not important because they were only there for three hours instead of seven years. They're important because there's a purpose for them to be there. Otherwise, they wouldn't be there. And if you don't live out that purpose of that character fully, you're doing a disservice to the show. So when you do show up fully, you are doing a service to the show. And then they're like, oh, let's have him back. Right? Yeah. A 200%. And I love the way you broke that down because that is, again, behind the scenes stuff that maybe an agent or a director or somebody else we have heard or other actors, we have heard somebody make that less than. So we have taken that on. But on the other side of that, nobody cares. Nobody cares about all that stuff. And so I love the way you just broke that down. I might steal it. <laughs> steal away. I'm going to steal. Give credit. Uh, give I'm going to steal from you and give you credit for, for everything. I but love it. It's really it. beautiful. And, and I think we have to like really get out of that as actors, as creatives, making us less than. You know, I wrote a blog a bit ago that I think actors need to get rid of two words out of their vocabulary. Just and only. Yes. Like, you know what I mean? And those Preach. things are, I am just <laughs> a co-star or I only have a few lines. You right. have worked so incredibly hard to get this one line, five line, whatever it is, big co-star, whatever it is. And then you have the audacity, the nerve, the gall to sit there and downplay it. I'm blown away by that. And to take other people's words on. I just did a guest star, a top of show guest star on NCIS. I have been trying to book that show for it. <laughs> <laughs> I read your blog about that. I read you, you were like, I had like 38 auditions. <laughs> 31, 31 auditions for that show. And not exaggerating. I went, you know, and it, it wasn't like I went to be petty and look at it. I went to really just realize that when we go back and we go back and we go back, we can't make that mean something that it's not. I made it mean like these people really want me. So I got to step up my game. And I thought it became a good story. But I wanted to say that when I was on the show, I got booked as, you know, top of show. A lot of people saw the episode and wrote back and were like, oh, I'm really, I really wish you did more. I'm so happy you had two scenes or I'm so happy you had, I don't, what? I don't care about like. <laughs> Listen, my grandma, when she was alive, every time she watched me on Chicago Med, well, you blink and you miss ya. <laughs> Thanks grandma, I'm making a living as an actor on TV. Do you know how hard this is? Yeah, but and that's other it's people's, not hard. That's great. It is, but it could be. But yeah. like, they're, they're, that's other people's beliefs that we take on. 
And I thought about that and I was like, you know, it's the same thing about like the commercial world. And people were like, oh, I was like, do you know if I'm just there and somebody's talking, I'm still making the same amount as them. Right. I don't accept that because I don't think you understand that I, <laughs> I'm happy. I made my money. <laughs> and it becomes a little bit different too. I think what I'm also trying to say here on this awesome podcast is we're blowing up the myth that billing equals more. Yes. I think I'm, and that's the first time I'm putting it together like this, that billing equals more. So if you see that I'm top of show and I'm going to make, let's just say 10 grand for that episode, you think that, oh, he's going to have more to do than the person who is a co-star, right? That co-star can have like three awesome scenes. <laughs> and it could just be that Dewan is expensive now. Like, do you know what I mean? <laughs> I just love that you asked for what you wanted and you got it. And you could have been like, I don't want to play officer number one anymore and not done anything about it. But you were like, let's just ask. And they were like, okay, here you go. Officer Rondell Pierce. Like you could have showed up, given your lines and not been in the seat. You're like, oh, I'm just going to memorize my lines, give my lines. But you were like in it. Another co-star could have been like, well, I'm just going to show up and do my lines. But you didn't. And then they're like, well, I, oh, Officer Rondell Pierce should come back. And then did your part grow a, a lot from that? Like, were, did you get a promotion in terms of like your job on the show? All of it. And so that first season, you know, one of the big things that they said to me was it was a pleasure to cut your footage in the pilot. Like there was so much like, and I remember that. And I have to say that I had at that point in my life, I was a little bit jaded with the industry. And I had heard that crap before. I had heard they're going to bring you back and recur. I had heard all that. And I had said to them in a totally joking voice, we're at the Soho House in, in Los Angeles watching the pilot. And afterwards, they said that to me. And I was like, well, <laughs> if you want an officer, you know, uh, you know where to find me. And I mean, totally because I was like, you know, what, what do you have to but lose? <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it's very interesting. They were like, we'll be calling you. And I remember thinking, yeah, whatever. And they called and I did six out of 10 episodes that first season. And I came back in the second season, the third seasons where I got upped in between second and third season, they said, you know, we're envisioning a world with more of you in it. So funny because I am too. <laughs> Here's the kicker where it gets really exciting, Courtney. And I don't, I don't think I've said this often enough that in season two of the show, there was an episode where I had absolutely no lines that my partner, something happened with my partner. I don't want to give that part away. My ex-partner at this time, they cut to me and I have no lines. They just hear the information being given over the radio. And all I have to do is react. And they said, after that, in that moment, they thought to themselves, we should do more with him. Mm, the part where you had no lines. No lines. No yes, lines. Because that's what it's about. It's about reacting. It's about listening. Yes. It's And if you can do that well, you're a good actor. It's just one of those things that just was like, listen, we're here to serve this stuff. If we don't want to do this, if we don't want to take it, just say no. Right? We're so scared to say no. And so I did that and they, they offered me, like they, we went up and I got, you know, up to detective from officer yes. and, you know, I did 10 out of 10 episodes and I've just been cooking ever since then on the show, you know, going up and up and it's been a wonderful seven seasons. And I think it is up to date, one of the most remarkable parts of my career. It's amazing. That's such an amazing story. And, and so inspiring to people that that can happen and you don't, necessarily hear about that often. 
I guess I would just, now that I'm seven seasons in, the piece that I want to make sure that everyone hears is you get to ask for more too. Yes. You don't have to sit and do your job, do your job and do it well, go beyond. But if you're in a job or you're in a career, or you're in a place where you're just like, okay, I'm good. I did this part. Have your people, have your team, you know, on the back end of that, just be like, great. Can we up them? Can we move? Like, just don't sit and ask for more money. Ask for more money. Like, Cause and we, even if yes. they say no, yes. which like my agent asks for more money all the time. Yeah. And, and sometimes I get it and sometimes I don't. And it's not like they're like, well, we're not having Courtney back because she asked for more money. Also, what's really important, Courtney, is that what we don't understand as actors and we should understand all of our money. Yes, you should be asking for more money. But also there is a middleman there that casting, we think that production is here and all of this stuff. Production isn't always here and all this stuff. You know what I mean? So it's like, just like, it, it'll, the asking gets to uh, casting and, you know, they know the cap. They know. They can go. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Let's move on to your Emmy. Miami campaign. Miami your Emmy campaign. campaign. <laughs> um, I'm going to talk about it like you want it. So okay, good. it was, oh, it was Emmy it's worthy. Coming. It's, oh, coming. Man, it was, yeah, it's coming. And I want you to talk about when it started 11 years ago. Cause it did, right? It did start 11 years ago. <laughs> One of the things that I have understood about my life is that like motivation or inspiration or any of the positive things that, you know, that are out there, they're, they're like Zig Ziglar says, they're like taking a shower. We have right. to like do it every day. Right. And right. so it goes up and down and I get that. I understand the ebb and flow of it, but like 11 years ago, it was during the first season or the second season of Grey's Anatomy. So Grey's Anatomy was first released in 2005. Ooh. <laughs> so 15 years. 15 years ago, yeah. Mm -hmm. So 15 yeah. years. Yeah, yeah. And I remember because on my vision board, they had a, a scroll of pictures of all the doctors and I cut my shot out and I put it up there with one of them. And I, cause I wanted to be on Grey's Anatomy and there was like a Emmy that I had also put up there on this vision board. And I, I did that. I had up there, I had a new agent. I had like, you know, what are fans saying all that up there. And it was, I put it away in my closet as we do sometimes yeah. when things don't happen in the time we expect them to happen. And we think it's on our timetable. And so I put it away in my closet. And when I ended up booking these episodes of Grey's Anatomy, I really was like, great. I've always wanted to be on this show. I didn't really think about an Emmy or think about like, you know, submitting it and all that stuff. And then when it all came together and I had went into my closet and I saw that vision board and I was like, motherfucker. <laughs> To see that there was a Grey's Anatomy picture up there, yeah. to see that the Emmy was right next to it, to see that, you know, all of the stuff that I had really hoped for, dreamt for, that I was going for, I had prophesized years ago. I still get a little emotional about it because we are so powerful, Courtney. Yeah. We are so powerful. We don't know it. You know, we, we adjust our shine because we hear a no, or somebody has said something about us, or- Or we, we don't want another actor to feel disappointed or yeah. hurt. Yeah, and we do all that, or any of that stuff. And so starting on that and hearing that when ABC backed me for that campaign and I got into all their promotional material, it was for me amazing. 
and I don't want to say that validated me because it didn't, because I went into that role ready to act my ass off. Yeah. I went into that thinking nothing about it in me. I went in there thinking like, I'm going to serve Garrett. I'm going to be the best Garrett that I can be. All of that was what went into that role for me. And to get it on the other end and be like, oh, people see it and acknowledge it was, was pretty amazing. Yeah. You know, so do vision boards. I believe yeah. in them. I believe in them. I know you do. From afar, I've looked at your vision board parties and I've been like, those look so fun. You're into vision boards. But when did you know you wanted to be a coach and help people? I think I'll take a, a page out of my fellow acting teacher's book, Colleen Foy. We were teachers together at one of the studios here in Los Angeles. And she says to me that when I told her I was going to go get certified to be a life coach, she says, Dewan, you've always been a coach. You're just getting some tools now, some different tools. And I believe that that has been my plight of coach, a teacher. That's just something I can accept or I step into. I was in my first season of Bosch at the end of it. You know, I'd already done six out of 10 episodes and it, it something wasn't feeling fulfilling. Like we had did it all. I had gotten it. We had gotten the, you know, the recurring. I was booking. I was on the series. I could say I was on the series and it just wasn't feeling, I was complete. I was getting ready to start my second season of Boss. I had done the ABC showcase. I think I'd done Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I, I, I was in a great place. And I was meditating. And the meditation that I was asking myself was, use me. You know, use me. What else is possible? And, you know, and it came to me that that was one of the things that I wanted to do. I loved acting. I loved working with people. And I wanted to put those two together. And back then, that's when it, it all kind of materialized. Tuan, this is so funny because as I was meditating this morning and as I meditate before I do anything, I say the words use me as well. <laughs> and also, I think I started as, you know, paramedic number one on Chicago Med or Chicago Fire, actually. I think we have such similar timelines and stories and I feel really connected to you. And, and I think that's... I just love you. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've said it before, Rue, like you were doing this, like you really were, like you were, you were, I remember getting your email blast. I remember Googling life coach for actors and you popping up. What we need to step into is that we were pioneers. Yeah. Right? Like that word, there was not a lot of, I mean, there's a ton now in your region, in your area, in your, our little corner, we're killing it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm okay, you know, doing that, saying like, because you got to pat yourself on the back. Do you feel like your purpose is connected in acting and coaching? Do you feel like it's all part of the same purpose? Yeah. When I go do keynotes, when I used to do keynotes, I guess pre-pandemic, one of the things that I ended with is by saying, you know, I had a vision that I would be able to help people. And my job, my goal, my passion, my mission out there. I wasn't going to be a rocket scientist. I wasn't going to do brain surgery. You know, that wasn't my thing. But what I can do is hopefully on a cellular level, I can help change. And then that's what I think we do with our acting. Yeah. One of the things that I got really clear on after Grey's Anatomy was when people, fans started reaching out to me and were saying, thank you for showing me what true love looks like. Or Dwan, you nailed it from my dad's process from when he was dying. Like you got it, the grief, the and that's what we do. And we forget 
because we are told no so many times, we forget that we are sorcerers. We forget that we are magic, yeah. right? And yes. so, like, like so for me, all of this is yes. It's the same. It's the same through line for me being an actor and for me being a coach because I get to do that as well. So sorry, I nerded out on you all. <laughs> oh gosh, that's what we're here for. Nerd out all the way. Mm -hmm. Let's talk a little bit about how you coach people and the summit, which is where we talked recently and I learned about your vision board. You know, the Think Bigger Summit is something that I started five years ago. I took a year off, but I started it because I felt like all this information I was getting to get to my next levels were not me. It was not, it was not mine only. And so everybody kept asking me, oh, how do you know about finances? How do you know about like headshots? How do you know about all this stuff? And so I was like, why don't I just bring all these people together <laughs> to talk about it back then? And so five years ago, I just did that. And nobody, <laughs> it's a running joke in our field with me, nobody told me not to do it or how much hard work it was going to be. <laughs> And so every year when I do it, I'm always like, this is my last summit. I'm never doing another summit again. Here we are five years later, because I'm always like, I meet so many great people. But my goal has always been with the Think Bigger Summit to give back to my actors, to help them get to their next level faster. If they utilize it, right? You get this package, you can like come there. It's absolutely free for, you know, the time duration of the live summit. Because I remember what it was like to be that actor struggling, wanting all this information, but not being able to get it. And so this year's summit was more important than ever because I felt like everybody, again, we jump on, now it's a universal bandwagon, but everybody is on that bandwagon of 2020's cancel, 2020's crap, 2020, but it's not that way for everybody. Right. It hasn't been that way for, let's just like say landscape architects or construction or people who are playing stocks and so like, like it hasn't been that way for everybody. What's the difference there? Let me be clear that I understand that there's a lot of tragedy that's happened this year. Like myself, I'm from Chicago. We've had three family members pass away from COVID. And so I understand that it's out there, but I also understand that it can exist. There can be two realities that this can be crap. Like this stuff can be crap, but it also can be a breakthrough year. It also can be our best year. Like we set out for 2020 to be, it can be all that stuff. And so I just don't believe that a whole year, we got to cancel a whole year. And I was like, no, let's not do that. So I put this together. I, I put it together it. with that in mind. <laughs> and it can look different. It doesn't have to be like your best year financially. It could be your best year looking inward and realizing you are following the wrong purpose in your life, or it could be the best year that you got an agent. There's so many ways for it to be your best year. And I totally am on board with that and agree with that because when we had that first recession, what was 2008? And so many people were having a hard time financially. And like, that's actually when I um, got let go of a full-time job and was able to focus fully on my acting career. And I started making a full-time living as an actor during the recession. And that's when I was like, okay, I don't have to buy into this universal thinking or this story that it's a hard time and I can't make any money because it's a recession. Like I started making money as a voiceover artist for the first time steadily in that period. So when this pandemic hit and, you know, we immediately went to like 2020 is canceled. I immediately went to, nope, I don't believe it. Not going to buy into it. And 
how can I make this different? Yeah. And I wonder, Courtney, would you have, you probably would have, yeah. but like, would you have done it so quickly, you know, the shift to your full-time acting or to focusing on acting if you had been let go? In fact, I wrote on my vision board, oh. um, <laughs> like the week before I cut out the word time from Time Magazine and I put like more free time. And then I was let go from my job. <laughs> be careful. I told you you're a source. Be, be, be careful what you ask for. First of all, I liked the job because it was in the voiceover industry. It taught me a lot, but I hated having a full-time job. I gained weight sitting at a desk all day. I had no free time to focus on my acting career. There were so many things I hated about it. I liked the money part of it. I liked making a steady income. So then I just said, oh, I want more free time, but I want to make at least the same amount of money. And then I was able to do that with more free time, more freedom and making more money. How'd that happen? Magic. <laughs> no, it's good. You created it. And I love the idea of the vision board. Or co-created it. Co-created. Right, yes, with the universe. You're right. Yes. You're right. <laughs> let's, 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 well, I, I want to be yeah. clear that like, I do believe that too. I yeah. want to be clear that I think that that you know, the laws of the universe are so important. <laughs> <laughs> How can people join the summit? Can they still join even though it was in the past? It is something that I keep up. You can just go to thinkbiggersummit.com. I keep up all year long because I still want people to jump into it. And, you know, the part that I wanted to come back to is I think that what we need to stop and think about is, are we course jumpers? Are we program jumpers? And do we need more or do we need to sit and be right sit and learn in that and apply all the stuff you know before we jump around i gotta go here let me get all the things and i wanted to create something that i think in totality is like really great like let's just do this and be there's like oh gosh i think it was like 26 speakers that we had from agents from coaches from teachers from everything but like if you just like applied all of that stuff i wonder where your career would be in six months or where it would be in a year. Just really apply instead of going to the next shiny object. Right. And I'm guilty of it for sure for signing up. Oh, this one's only a dollar. Let me buy, like yesterday I saw an Instagram ad for something that was like $3,000. It's only a dollar. And I was like, I have programs that I haven't watched yet. So even though this is only a dollar, I'm not going to buy it because I need to focus on what I have and take the action steps that these people are recommending. Otherwise, there's no point. Right. Well, you feel good about it. What we're doing is we are, we're addicted to that high of, Ooh, I'm going to feel good about it. It's like your to-do list. I always say like our to-do lists are sexy. We put like these check marks on it, these boxes and all right. And we get to do it, but it's the act of creating the to-do list that we're attracted to. So it's like the courses are like, Ooh, I got this course over here. I got this. And then later you're like, Oh, what is that course at? Why do I? <laughs> so yeah. I'm guilty of it too, by the way. Yeah. Yes, I need to sit down and do the courses. Any advice for actors who want to up-level in 2021? I think it starts with an intention. I think it starts with not being afraid to prophesize, to work on, to try to predict the direction you want to go in. There's this verse out there, I think it's biblical, but Oprah said it, she's biblical to me, without vision, the people perish. And that has really been something that I've really just been going back to that I don't want to go with the flow, meaning that based off of the whims of my mood, based off of the winds that happen to me, I'm just bumping around to the next win, to the next feeling, to the next moment. Instead, I'm going to have a vision. This is where I'm going so that I can chart a course 
And if I get damn close, I feel good about it. But if, if I don't have a course, if I don't have a vision of where I want to go, then I'm going to bump around. It's just going to be aimlessly. Does that make sense? <laughs> so, so that's what I think people can do. If you don't know where you're going, you'll end up somewhere else. Easily. Someone will pull you in a direction because people want you, people need you. I just, today I have the busiest day I think I've ever had in the pandemic. And then I got like three phone calls from people out of the blue being like, Hey, I need to talk to you. And it's like, if I don't say, actually my day is packed. Can we talk another day? They're going to pull. And that same thing can happen with your career. Someone's like, Ooh, actually come do this shiny thing over here. And if it's not in your vision or in your purpose, we can be pulled apart and then have no energy or we don't create the thing direction. we actually want. Yeah. Direction. Yeah. Absolutely. Tony Robbins says it too, very clearly. He talks about charting a course and you can course correct on the yes. course. Yeah. And so, but if you don't have, like, if you're not saying my destination is Hawaii or I'm going to go to Bora Bora, like I'm going to map Bora Bora. Oh, I'm off. I can course correct. But if you don't have a place, you're just like, I don't know where I'm going. You're going to end up in Bermuda or something. Right. And so I think it's, you can't course correct without that action or without that vision. And so if anybody is listening to how to make 2021 or any year after that, I think you have to sit down and get really clear on here's what I want. Don't be afraid to cast an awesome prophecy. You know, like, don't be afraid of that. I think just because we've had a year where people have felt like it hasn't been great doesn't mean that we can't like, cool. All right. Let's see what the next year's life is full of setbacks anyway. So, or is it a setup? A setup. I love because it. Because that is exactly See? what you just said, Courtney. You yes. said that this perceived setback in this job letting you go was just a setup for something beautiful. Oh my God. I love <laughs> you. I need to hire you as my coach. Will you take me on? I've never said that before, by the way. I don't know where I got that from. That I feel was a, a download. blog coming. <laughs> that was a download that was like, I, I'm sure we've, it's been out in a zeitgeist somewhere. Everybody said, is it a setback or is it a setup? And I think it was a perfect example. Like you were saying, this is a setup for all this beauty that is, is here now. Yeah. And you can perceive it as a setback or you can perceive it as a setup. Oh, yeah. I, I love it. <laughs> Wait, before we go, I need everyone to know your Chicago connection, because I think almost every single person on the podcast is from Chicago or lives in Chicago. And that's not necessarily purposeful. It's just like the who I attract into my life. And because I live, here. I love it. <laughs> I love Chicago. And uh, my grandparents live there. My dad lives there. All of my family lives there, except my mom, who's in Florida. So if you hear me on an, another podcast saying I'm from Miami, I grew up in Miami, but I was born in Chicago and all my family's there and I go back there a lot. I just could never live there. <laughs> oh God, I know. Winter it's is so coming. Cold. It's so Winter cold. Yes. is the worst. It's so cold, um, but I, I, I love it. And I'm dreaming of the day I can get back and go to this restaurant called Kuma's. They have the best French fries with like... Uh, I just, I, I think Chicago has, yes, yeah. it's, it's just great. And so um, that's my Chicago connection. And I can't wait to be just like you and, um, and get on one of those Chicago shows. Yes. You know? I've gotten really, really close to them. I want to wheel you in a gurney into the EV. <laughs> well, this is, yes, that would be so awesome. But my goal is to be one of those doctors. That's oh, yeah. Really oh, yes. For. Do you mean one of the doctors on the med or, you know, one of the top detectives on the police show or yeah, that's what I'm really looking for. And what I'm calling in for that, because I would love to honestly live in Chicago. I just said, I wouldn't want to, but hopefully it's not during the winter. And I would love to be by my dad and be by my grandparents. And I would love to be by like the family I have not grew up around. 
And I think that would be a great way to bring my family here there with me and, you know, be able to experience it. I love it. And you know what? I do want paramedic Courtney to like secretly go to med school and then get a promotion. So I'm going to put that out there too. <laughs> I love it. Let's do it. <laughs> we can work That's side cool. by side, nurse and doctor or doctor, doctor, nurse and nurse, whatever. Like, yeah. You could be my superior and I hey. would be happy with it. Do you know what I mean? Let's, <laughs> yeah. let's call that. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Oh my gosh. Is there anything else that you want the people to know? about you and where they can find you and everything. Well, you can find me on uh, any of the socials at uh, Think Bigger Coaching or at Dewan Johnson. On, and so that's where I'm at a lot. And I also have an awesome free Facebook group. If there are any actors out there that just need a little boost called Think Bigger Tribe Facebook group. And it's, it's free. I'm there a lot in there um, talking and giving out information. I, I guess that I want, if I could leave anybody with a parting thought, is just that we're going to stumble. We're going to stumble. And, you know, don't let the stumble take you out. Don't let the stumble take you out. Sit back down and get still and listen to that voice and get back on that horse. That's that, like, that is me. You know what I mean? That is me. Like I told you, I stumbled last week and I'm not here to preach to anybody. I am here just like you to make sure that we can partner together and help send the elevator back down. That's what we're trying to do. <laughs> Thank you so much for being here. And now go back to those lovely kiddos and enjoy the rest of your day. <laughs> Thank you for having me on. <laughs> if you want more from Dewan, don't forget to check out thinkbiggercoaching.com and selftapesthatbook.com. I'd love to invite you to sign up for VIP updates at courtneyrue.com. We would both love to hear from you. If you got something out of this podcast, let us know. Shoot us a message, tag us on social media. You can leave a voicemail at anchor.fm slash Courtney Rue. Thank you to my team. I couldn't have done it without you. You can find their names and any links you might need in the show notes. And thank you to you for listening, for subscribing, for telling your friends. I hope you learned something. I hope you were inspired. And I hope you feel better than you did before you were listening. Be your best you.